Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. We are on to day five and six of our Ireland trip. My name is Pete. And I'm Diane. So let's get right into it. Happy days in Ireland. We're having a great time here. This is uh, part three of our trip. So if uh, you missed part one or two, just check out our feed and you can listen to them. But we are now on day five. We're going to wrap up what we've been doing. So day five started with leaving Killarney and traveling to the uh, village city of Foynes. Yeah, was is that how they pronounced it? Foynes? Yes. Because that actually is how it looks to be spelt. F-O-Y-N-E-S. It's one of the few few ones that really, I don't know, makes sense, I guess. Um, the first stop was the Flying Boat Museum, and that was really cool because I wasn't really sure what we were getting into. My my first guess was like an airship, and I've only known those from Final Fantasy, the video game, so I didn't know that flying boats really existed as a thing in this real world, but uh, sure enough, they do. Yes, so these are um, airplanes that uh, take off and land in the water. Yeah. Hence the name Flying Boat. They're actually quite small in comparison to, say, a Boeing 747 that we're used to flying in. Uh, maybe about half the half the length of them. Yeah, my understanding is it came before it, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it 1939 was, to 1945. Yeah, so the first one appeared in 1939. It was mm-hmm. pre, uh, pre-war. Um and it kind of makes logical sense because everyone would have been traveling by boat previously. And then it was like, hey, we need to get across the Atlantic or we need to get across the Pacific. How are we going to do that? We need to get into the air. So it's like, how can we get these boats into the air is their first thought. Well, and I think also uh, they needed to do these transatlantic flights that they were preparing for. And they didn't have an airport ready in Ireland for them, but mm-hmm. they had a river. So, yeah, there's water everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so it was sort of before the idea of building a runway even for uh, for a plane to gather speed. It's like just pick up speed in the water until the thing picks up air, and then boom, you're across. Um, one of the things I remember from the tour is it was very expensive. It's not like everyone took it. Um, so I guess people who are poor and immigrating to... Uh, America or Canada would still be using the boat, but certainly, I think they mentioned a few celebrities would take these flying boats to get across. Yes, they only held like 35 passengers and 11 crew. Yeah. Uh, So they had, you know, they had like a full dining room. Seven course meals. Seven course meals, sleeping quarters, because it took a little while to get there, and a honeymoon suite, so. Yes, we checked that out. Um, I enjoyed the trip. Uh, one of the things I did, a highlight for me, um, was using their flight simulator where I got to make the flying boat take off. And I was quite successful at it, actually, once I figured out how to, you know, get the thing to move. That was the hardest part. Um, but I took off, and I was getting all ready to land it, and then it's like, hey, we got to move on to the tour. And I just looked at the control and said, well, I assume we'll land. No problem. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
Um, I think just it was interesting how much room they were on these flying boats. Yeah, very comfortable. Com- compared to what we fly with these days where I feel like we're all kind of crammed in there and they're trying to get as many people as possible in there. Uh, there's, it's, you can stand up and do a cartwheel. There's that much room. <laughs> Did you try that? No, I didn't. Okay. But there was that much room. Yeah. Trust me. And the seats were huge. Man, it looked comfortable. And a seven-course dinner. We get, like, our sandwich wrapped. <laughs> it's true. There you go. Yeah, Diane was joking. You know, if they didn't pack a seven-course dinner, you probably could have filled a lot more on the plane or not used so much gas. Uh, that was one of the fun things they were showing with uh, the tour is uh, they're starting to realize, like, it just took so much fuel to get from uh, Dublin to... Was it St. John's they were initially trying to get to, or was it New York? Uh, they wanted to do New York, but I yeah. think the first few had to stop in Newfoundland. Yeah, Newfoundland. Um, so they started coming up with these other ideas on how to possibly get more passengers or more fuel. One of them was like basically a double-decker in which they had the flying boat, and then they had another uh, plane hooked on top of it. So once the flying boat like took off, they were able to separate and send more people on a second plane, which is just an insane idea. I think uh, it was... Also more just, it takes a lot of fuel to take off. So they're trying to yeah. use the other plane's power to get the flying boat in the air. Uh. And then it could continue on and it w- would have saved fuel. Which is same idea for how they launched the shuttles. Shuttle. Yeah. Yes. For space travel. So Yes. So same, same idea. Which there. I guess is a crazy thought too. But yeah, that, that all came from the idea of the flying boat. Um, the second idea that they showed a video of, I don't know how they captured this way back in the day. Very impressive. They had, a, uh, they had another jet fly, which had uh, fuel people in it who dropped down a cord like a fuel, fuel pump, line. fuel line, and uh, the second plane, I guess, caught it somehow, put it into their thing, and then they just refueled in the sky while they're flying over the uh, ocean. Pretty crazy. Yes. Not approved for passenger travel. Possible, <laughs> but not That's approved true. for passenger travel. Ended up dropping the idea. Um, yeah, and it was interesting just how quickly the um, kind of aviation evolved like we had the first transatlantic flights we had these um flying boats and then basically the war hit and things started to go very quickly to the point where the flying boats were pretty much no longer in use after after the war yep obsolete obsolete pretty much right away um yeah and it was mostly the it was the boeing company that uh yeah started releasing the large large uh, jets that yeah took off and landed on land and it's like yeah it's just not worth it not worth it having to fly in a boat yeah and they had the shannon airport built uh shortly thereafter so i mean they had an airport with a runway and yeah so one other fun tidbit about uh foins which they also claim to fame and besides this is flying uh, boat museum they also were claiming this is the invention of irish coffee happened in this very very spot um so they had a whole demo video about how that happened it was kind of silly but whatever um and then they they served it they served us irish coffee and diane even partook yeah that was uh healthy so an irish coffee is irish whiskey uh coffee 
and mixed together and then so it's served hot and then on top there's a nice layer of irish cream very thick cream yeah like a whipped whipped milk right yeah yeah pretty much like whipped cream consistency uh and uh the ones that we were served had a healthy shot of whiskey in them. Oh, yeah. Was- healthy shot. And we all were having to kind of down these very strong Irish coffees. Um, ten before, in the morning? Yeah, ten in the morning. And in about ten minutes before we had to get back on the coach and head off to our next destination. That's true. We were on a short timeline, so mm-hmm. we were pounding them back. Not everyone did. Um, and we were on the timeline because we had to take a ferry forgot about the ferry. Yes, we took mm-hmm. a ferry. So that was mm-hmm. next on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, where did where did that take us? Is that was just like a ferry to just travel through the west coast, I guess, of Ireland until we hit up to the cliffs of Moher? Moher. I need to double check, but I think we crossed the Shannon River possibly uh, at that point and we're in going into County Clare. That makes sense because that's probably where the flying boats would have taken off and landed from, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a very similar ferry to what we've experienced traveling through uh, the interior of BC, mm-hmm. where there's just this large river, and it's a ferry that's very flat, and you just drive directly onto the ferry, and everyone drives into their lane, and all the cars get packed nice and close, and then once the ferry is moving, you can get out of your vehicle and kind of sit out in the fresh air while you're traveling. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we, we headed up to the, the cliffs. Um, am I pronouncing that right? Cliffs, cliffs of Moher? Cliffs of Moher. Yeah, M-O-H-E-R. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys are famous. Um, I believe a few movies have shot scenes there. Most famously, the Harry Potter series. Not sure which movie. Um, they were very breathtaking. I would say it's similar to, I guess, the Grand Canyon, but over water. Um... Very, very high up. Uh, One of the interesting things that I noticed was, I mean, I guess they told you stay behind the fence, but uh, no one really listened to that, and there was a whole trail that was basically on the cliffside of uh, these super steep cliffs that dropped. I don't don't know. How how far do you think that was? 700 feet? According to our guide sheet. 700 feet above the pounding Atlantic waves, yeah. Uh, it was exciting. I, I liked it. I didn't have any, I don't have a fear of heights, so I didn't think anything of it. There were a few moments you paused and were like, whoa. <laughs> You're very close to the edge. There are a couple <laughs> moments where I'm like, the rock could just slip away and there goes my husband. Oh, <laughs> I would, I would, I would react. I would be okay. Don't worry. Don't worry, honey. It happened fast. Anyways, don't worry, honey. we're safe. We're here. They're beautiful. It was a gorgeous. It wasn't actually a gorgeous day. It was cloudy and raining, but it was clear enough to see the site to its full extent. I think some days there's a mist or something that comes up and you can't see anything. So we had a really nice view yes. of everything and a nice hearty lunch. And we're back on the bus. Yes. Uh, yeah. For lunch there, we used the cafeteria. It had really high ratings. I don't know if you noticed that. They had all these... Um, uh, awards, the Ireland Customer Service Award. And I did notice they were very friendly there. It was Almost. really good food, too. Yeah, it was like homemade. made Yeah, breaded chicken and vegetables and potatoes. Really and good. pepper sauce. Yeah, it was, it was delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, of course, got some more Murphy's ice cream. 
Oh, yes. Chocolate and lavender. I recommend that. Yeah, I had, I had sea salt, vanilla, and a caramel, I think. Mm. Strangely, they tasted very similar, actually. I couldn't tell one from the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes any sense, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the cliffs were uh, breathtaking. I really enjoyed that trip. That was good exercise, too. Um, once again, very impressed with some members of our tour that did not seem like they would be able to do that. Made it up the mountain and down again. Of course, we made it up both peaks, you and me. So mm-hmm. we're kind of rock stars. <laughs> what did we do after that? Just a whole lot of driving, right? Next was a whole lot of driving. This was the point where I got maybe a little bit motion sick. Needed to get some peppermint out because it was those small country roads and they're winding back and forth and up and down pretty much the entire way to our next destination, which was a farm in the county of Galway. Mm. Um, so, but very pretty. Um, and at one point we passed this really interesting um, site. I think they're called Burn or called Burn. Um, and it's basically, it looks like a lovely hill of Ireland, except instead of green grass, it is rock. It's like a little mound of smooth rock. Remember seeing those? We stopped mm. to look at those. A mound of smooth rock? Yeah. So you see the like hills and there was like two hills that were just rock mm. instead of grass. No, I don't remember that actually. That's weird. This is where we got out? Uh, there was a possibility to stop and I just stayed in the coach. Oh, okay. Yeah, we both stayed in the coach. Okay. Yeah. Um, just looked out from the windows. Uh, So that was interesting. Uh, But our main destination was a kind of a family-run farmhouse, and they were there to show us their sheep and their sheepdog, um, give us a little shearing demonstration, and then feed us dinner. Yeah, yeah, and we got to walk around their farm. Super uh, inviting people. It was just like, yeah, come on into our farm. You have a coach full of 50 people. Yeah, just come on into our farm, come into our house, Look around our rooms, uh, sit down here, we're going to give you dinner, we're going to serve all you food. Um, yeah, and, the, and then the shearing thing. That was uh, an interesting demonstration. Um, that's where we found out that Irish wool has absolutely no value, that, that the wool market doesn't exist, hasn't existed for, uh, I think you said over 50 years. Essentially, it costs them as much to shear it as it is a profit, like they make no money off of it. Yeah, they mainly do it just for hygienic reasons for the sheep, and all the wool basically gets shipped to China to make uh, the cheaper wool products. Yeah, which gets mixed with an acrylic and creates all those uh, typical sweaters or shirts or hats. Um, So when we watched them shearing the sheep, it seemed kind of violent. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess you have this idea that, oh, it's a farm animal. It's totally docile, like a pet dog. It's not. It's stubborn. Yeah. And it won't really do what you want it to do. And he needed it to be on its back. So it basically kind of like wrestled through it. Yeah, he wrestled it onto its like back and like held its head. Yeah. It had four horns, too, mm-hmm. uh, very close to his crotch. And it's like, that That makes me nervous. Um, but yeah, just basically held it in and just bzz, 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 and Yep. Yeah, the thing was like struggling every once in a while, and he basically just yeah, grabbed him by the tuff of his skin mm-hmm. and just like, boom, stay still. Yep. It was yeah, done very quickly, fine. though. Yep, and the sheep the sheep is fine. 
it's just a little, you know, it's like getting a a full body haircut. Yeah. You're maybe, you know, it's not something you do every day. <laughs> that might be a little bit of a shock. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was fine. At that very moment is when uh, when a big storm suddenly hit, too. So the sheep was, like, basically mm-hmm. naked and went out into, like, the rain. And I was watching it, and it was just, like, like uh, I don't think it was shivering as much as when the raindrops hit. Yeah. Like, it felt it more. Like, yeah. It like, imagine like, when, yeah, you get a haircut. And yeah. You and suddenly, suddenly it's feel, like Whoa, you feel the wind. You feel the raindrops. Yeah. yeah. So that was interesting. Yep. We also had a little sheepdog demonstration. He just put three sheep out in the field and had the dog go bring them in. And he almost, like... You think sheepdog, you think he just like runs around in circles and like brings all the sheep in. But with just three of them, he almost kind of like stalks them a bit yeah. and is trying to get them to move one direction or the other and then chases them in. Yeah, he looked more like a cat mm-hmm. than a dog at one point. Yeah. Um, so after that, then we uh, yeah went into their place and they served us a three three course dinner. Mm-hmm. I guess four course if you count bread. Uh, homemade Delicious bread. Homemade, homemade bread, white soda bread. This is coming out Christmas. I'm going to find a recipe. Yeah, we're going to do Delicious. that. Delicious um, soup. Great vegetable soup. That was mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And then something called bacon and cabbage, which basically for Canadians looks like a big slice of ham mm-hmm. and cabbage that is cooked in the juice that the ham kind of drained. Uh, and then potatoes, of course. A potato on the side. Mm-hmm. Boiled potato. And then we had dessert, too. And then we had dessert, which was kind of, I think it was that, that cream, that like whipped cream. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like a rhubarb crumble. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. All really good. I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed all of it. And there was wine. Everyone was super chatty. and Yeah, a lot of interest was in her bread to the point that she even got out all her dishes and then gave us a demonstration of how she makes her bread. Mm-hmm. Um, complete with non-measurements and throwing things around and stuff falling all over the place. It was very amusing, very funny, mm-hmm. um, very hospitable. Yeah. Good times. She was lovely. Um, after that, we got to walk around the farm a bit. The rain stopped. It was just like Ireland in general. Like if it, if it ever rains, it just does it. It gets rid of it. Then it's sunny. Then it's hot. Then it like cools down. It's like it's never anything for too long. So if you're not enjoying it... it You'll enjoy it soon. But we got to walk around the farm, and that's where we saw little Sebastian. (laughs) Yes, they had, unbeknownst to us in the back, they had a small pony. For those Parks and Recs fans, there's a small mini horse. Mini horse. Mini horse. Mini horse named little Sebastian. So we immediately ran up to it. We're like, oh, my goodness, it's a little Sebastian. And another lady on our tour was like, oh, is the horse's name Sebastian? Like, no, no. TV reference. Diane had to correct her, which is a shame. TV reference. We could have had that just continue on. Could that just bring that home with her? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a factual person. <laughs> factual person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Then uh, got back on the bus, drove to Limerick to our hotel. That mm-hmm. was a pretty busy day, actually, day five. Yeah. Lots of driving again. Hmm. Yep, and got up this morning for our transfer to Dublin, and this was basically, this was not sightseeing, this was basically on the motorway, on the highway to Dublin. Um, yeah. We're staying at an airport that is just directly beside 
the airport in <laughs> pretty much in Dublin. Yeah, so this is where it actually got interesting because with our trip, we started in Dublin um, and we worked our way from that east coast all the way south around to the west coast of Ireland. And our entire trip has been very historical, full of really old buildings and old roads, tiny roads, um, yeah, tiny streets, old worn-out castles, old buildings, old cities and towns, very heritage-driven. Um, as soon as we got to Limerick last night, we saw like a modern hotel, um, which was a bit of an interesting kind of a culture shock. It was like, wow, this is, this is new, this is different. And we saw a lot of that uh, at the end of last night and also on our trip from Limerick um, through Central Ireland and back to Dublin um, on the main highway. You know, suddenly we finally see four lanes or something and a highway um, and a lot of more uh, new houses. So it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Not much to add. Not much to add to that. But uh, yeah, so we made our way back to Dublin. Um, our trip with the company was over. Um, we should probably plug them, Trafalgar, if anyone's interested. Um, it was a good tour, a good tour, a good six-day tour with Trafalgar. TRA. And they do tours all over the world. Yeah, they do. So I'm sure if we are interested in going to another country, we will definitely look up what options they have. Yeah, we'll check it out. Um, so yeah, we were in Dublin. Want to continue? What did we do in Dublin once we got here finally? Uh, checked in. Our itinerary initially said we would get here around 4 o'clock, uh, which left us very little time to go back into the city if we wanted to hit up the Guinness storehouse. Uh, so we initially thought we'd have to take a taxi, but we got in around 12 noon, 12.30. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, why don't we try taking public transit? Let's try the bus system here. Yeah. And it's much cheaper than taking a taxi. Uh, there's a bus that runs from the airport to the city center for uh, 10 euros round trip per person. Yeah, or 6 euros one way. Yep, so we definitely got on that um, very easily. Do you know how much it costs to take the airport thing in Toronto? The little bus? The as, a, as a comparison? Bus? Well, yeah. it'll cost you $9 if you do the Union Pearson Express. The Union Pearson, that's what I was thinking. So $9, yeah. so it's pretty comparable. You can also take the TTC. It'll just be on the very west side of the city. Yeah. But there are, like, express buses that run from the airport to Islington. Yeah. Like, pretty regularly, because I met you once, and it was very easy to do. Okay, so pretty comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, the taxi option from the hotel here next to the airport and into town was like 20 euros i believe i think they said 80 euros round trip oh so 40 wow yeah. so actually that's yeah. that's way expensive that's pretty comparable to us too where we would spend 50 55 dollars for a cab to the airport from midtown toronto um yeah, so we went back to Dublin. We decided to do some exploring on foot. Um, this is adding an extra day to our trip because, I, I don't know, I didn't really feel like we got to see much of Dublin on our first day, mostly because we were super exhausted and uh, sleeping most of the time, right? Yeah. So it was, it was yeah, nice. We had a tour there. of the city, but it was basically on the bus touring around. So this was on foot. Uh, getting to eat some uh, food 
at um, yeah, we had a lunch at, at Carpinger Row. Yeah, it was delicious. Um, and I have to tell you, Diane, that mm-hmm. was my favorite meal of the trip. Really? Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, we just had a was it a steak sandwich? Yep. Uh, fries on the side and like a salad. Uh, I, and I got a gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Explored gin and tonics and. In uh, Ireland this time, and you just had a tonic on your own, but yeah. uh, it was so refreshing. It was just so delicious. I don't know. It was. It felt healthy. It sat real well. I, I don't know. It was. It was the best food I had probably for the trip. Um, it was kind of neat because Copiner Row, which appears to be on one Copiner Row, is the address. Um, this place seemed to be a wine bar. Um, they didn't have any pints. Um, in their uh, in their uh, in the restaurant, they didn't have anything on tap except for wines on tap, which is different. And they had a menu list with like one and a half pages of wines to choose from and a half page of gins. So yeah, it was really different. It was really cool though. I enjoyed that a lot. And we made our way through a market, an indoor market, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else? Just and walked around a whole lot. Walked around and made our way to the Guinness storehouse. Yeah, and that was a bit of an adventure because I'm not paying for cellular data here. So um, I would, you know, kind of plan my trip in advance and take a bunch of photographs and hope for the best. Uh, and then uh, we would walk. Mm-hmm. But the city is not a grid like in Toronto, so... Try to head west. We were trying to go in a westerly direction towards the Guinness storehouse. And we just didn't go far enough west. Yeah, we ended up going south for a bit. Mm-hmm. But you can't really south. you can't really south. tell because the roads are just wind, 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 wind. And even when we were trying to follow the sun and using that as a guide, it's still not quite perfect west. It was the sun was actually more of a southwest. So we were heading southwest when we needed to go west. Um but we eventually made it. Mm-hmm. What would you think of the Guinness Storehouse tour? Excellent. I think it costs you 20 euros per person to get in. Uh, so not cheap, but man, do they deliver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying when we were there that the last tour uh, happens two hours before closing time. And I was like, wow, this tour is two hours? It can't be that long. But then as we were doing it, it certainly... It just seemed to be more and more and more stuff to Yeah, do. there's seven floors that you go up. Now, they're not, like, intensive, like, filled floors, but, you know, you start with the first floor of how beer is made and what are the four different ingredients, mm-hmm. and you move up, and you go through, move up, and you go through all the processes, so the roasting, the boiling, the fermenting, um to make the final product. There's a whole section on how they transported the Guinness around everywhere. Sections on the different... There's actually, what, three different kind of varieties of Guinness? Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, Specifically, it looked like one was brewed so that it would be preserved long enough to get all the way to the West Indies. Yes. So it's a little bit different than what you would have, say... Extra stout or something. The regular uh, Guinness... Uh, then you have, we went through a whole like tasting room where they're like 
um, trying to explain all the flavors to us. Yeah, on all the sides of your tongue. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then you can go and pour your own pint. You can go and get a pint poured for you for free, or you can pour your own pint. So we stood in line for 10 minutes and poured our own pints of Guinness. Yeah, which is actually pretty easy. It was actually interesting, though, because, like, they were talking about how, yeah, you know, you pour a pint at an angle. That's fine. Everyone knows that. Um, but they were saying it's all about the glass that they use, and it's even like they point it on the harp shape of the glass. I, I need to investigate this in North America to see if they do that. But uh, that was kind of a neat touch, and they poured it up to that point mm-hmm. where the harp is, the yep. little golden harp on the glass. Yep. And then they pushed the, well, first they're supposed to wait, a couple minutes, and then they push forward on the tap to do the the last bit of portion. Yes, so the first pull all the way down is because there's some nitrogen gas that's infused into the Guinness or something. Then you let that all settle, and then just um, chopping it off, you don't need the gas anymore. So you just push instead of pull the tap. Yeah, and we got printed certificates that we know how to do a perfect pour Guinness now. Yeah, they're going to be framed on our wall beside my PhD. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Perfect idea. Uh, No, but a really nice facility. You can follow through. There's a, and the top floor, the seventh floor, um, is what they call their gravity bar, but it's basically like a lookout over the city of Dublin. Yeah, it was really nice. So I think like all. All the oh oh, and we watched how to make the um, cask, the barrels. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say that, which was pretty insane because they these cobblers did not measure anything. They just kind of <laughs> eyeballed it all. <laughs> they eyeballed it all and made these perfect barrels all the time. Yeah, that stored water like they mm-hmm. they didn't leak at yep, all. They it's were water crazy. tight. Amazing. So that was pretty cool uh, to see how they did that too. And there's always a, a smell to these barrels, which they don't use anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, very, very cool. So I learned learned a lot walking through there. I knew it was going to be gonna be interesting. Poured some Guinness. Apparently I'm developing a little bit of a taste for Guinness. Yeah. Pretty good. So That's the neat part, is that uh, after all that science and knowledge... Mm-hmm. You came out of it, and you're like, I actually really kind of like this. Yep. And Diane had her half pint. Yes. Like, she is good to do. Yeah. So, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, we uh, made our way back to the uh, city center to pick up that same bus that would get us back to the airport. And that brings us to now, I guess. Brings us to now. So, we've got a flight tomorrow morning at 8.30 in the morning. So, we're going to have to be up early to clear security. Uh, but I think we'll be okay. And, like, we were completely wiped out coming here because uh, Dublin is five hours ahead. So we basically landed. It was 7 a.m. when we landed. It felt like 2 a.m. So we were wiped out. Yeah. Going home, we're going to be five hours behind. So, like, 7 p.m. is going to feel like midnight, which if we can – we think if we can just stay up a little bit longer – we can maybe try and adjust ourselves and yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully uh, we've got we've got a day. We've got Sunday to try and reset our clocks a bit, and then Monday. And we're back, back into the ordinary weeks. Yes. For the ordinary day podcast. Yes. Um, 
So yeah, let's just throw in a little plug here. This is Trafalgar was our trip that we took. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a very awesome tour guide named Bernard. Bernard Cregan. If he's you guys, fantastic. If you guys end up with a Bernard, he's good fun. And one of the little tidbits I'd like to... I have a couple of tidbits I wanted to add to the end of the podcast. One of them I wanted to add in was our uh, catchphrases. And these catchphrases all came from Mr. Bernard um, and our tour guide. He he liked to always say, you know, get your bits and pieces together. Um, for some mm-hmm. reason, when he said that, I, I know he meant your belongings, but I don't know why that always made me think of my genitals. I, I don't know why. So I always looked down and made sure that they were there, and they were, which is good. You need to have those on your trip. Um, another funny thing he always said was happy days, happy days, happy days. And I've always only known happy days as a television show that mm-hmm. came out in, I don't know, the sixties, but, uh, that seems to be an Irish term because we heard it a lot of times mm-hmm. and even saw it on a tour bus. Yes. And from now forward, we'll probably stay stuff <laughs> instead of stuff. Because he was always asking us if we've got our stuff and that kind of stuff. Yeah, get all your bits and pieces and all your stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, lots of fun catchphrases that uh, we may or may not start picking up. We'll see in future podcasts if we start <laughs> talking that way. Mm-hmm. Um, bit pieces number two. What was the other thing I wanted to mention here? I wrote down a note. Ah, uh, yes. So right next to our hotel, we were very close to the hotel, uh, sorry, the uh, airport. But one of the neat things they did in Ireland, uh, in, in Dublin, is they built this tunnel, this toll tunnel that goes from the airport and gets you right into the heart of the city. Um, it's, I think, very clever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember on day one, when we had our first driver, uh, he was a bit of a complainer. He he was, uh, through the whole trip, he was talking about how there's taxes to drive and how they have a toll route now. And it's the only way to really get into the city quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and Diane, I mean, I don't know, I won't speak for you, but I remember thinking, yeah, taxes, I mean, we're Canadian. We deal with taxes. Taxes is good. Yeah, tax the roads. That's what we deal with. That's how stuff gets done. And now you have a tunnel that takes you from... The airport right to the city is great. Yes. I mean, if you're a bus driver, then having all this tax is not ideal. I get that. Yeah, but the company pays for it. It's not the bus driver himself. Like, he was speaking as if he had to pay the tolls all the time. Um, When, yes, uh, drivers would, but he was in the bus. I was like, well, I'm in the bus, so I don't have to pay the taxes. But there's so many taxes in this city. Uh, we used to have our own thing, and now we're with the Euro, and now we have to pay more taxes, and now it costs us money to do things. It's just like, all right, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for starting our trip with a good note. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Negative I didn't Nancy. take offense to it. I was. He was just chatting along and just telling us yeah. different things about it. You could have taken. I mean, we had some negative points of view from like our jaunty cart rider about what the British did to the Irish. Oh like, yeah. There's, I don't know, I didn't... didn't I wasn't taking offense, I just thought as a Canadian, it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. taxes. I'm used to them, like, I don't think anything of them. Yeah. But I think it was a bit of a surprise to him, maybe he's not used to it. An older fella. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the toll tunnel was really kind of cool. I liked it. It was, uh, you know, not exactly the most scenic thing in the world, but very smart. 
Um, I remember. Sorry, go ahead. I remember he mentioned though in the construction that it damaged a bunch of the houses above, and that would have sucked. Yeah. Like all those residences, those Mm -hmm. guys are allowed to be mad. It's like we're building a tunnel underneath us, and they, Mm -hmm. our basements are splitting and whatever. So, oi. Oh, is that happening? I don't remember that detail. Yeah. Um, um, what was I going to say? Oh, it's specifically a tunnel for trucks and buses. The cars are encouraged not to use it, actually. But they get told if they do. They get told if they do, and it costs you 10 euro during rush hour to use that tunnel. Yeah, so it's very similar to our 407, our toll but they're highways. Really, yeah, they're really trying to, I guess, uh, take control of traffic in Dublin. It seems they're trying to get all the trucks and buses to go one way. They're trying to get cars off the road. They're building all these new trams and tracks and getting their bus system up to speed. So they're really making some improvements, which is nice to see. I guess Toronto is also making improvements. It's just, you know, it takes time. All right, so those are my two tidbits, and that wraps up our trip. Can you believe it's over? Oi. Yeah, we've seen a lot. I'm going to have a lot of pictures to uh, sort through. Yeah, actually it's been really cool because um, I think time didn't fly by very fast. It's been a very eventful six days or seven days. I think it was a good length. I'm ready, ready to get home. Mainly just so I can, you know, eat more vegetables. <laughs> they seem to be a meat and potatoes type of place here. That's very totally true. fine, but yeah, looking forward to getting back to a, a normal routine and seeing friends and family and stuff, but it has been a really awesome break. All right, so we've moved from the extraordinary and we're going to return to ordinary days in Canada. So uh, if you have any questions about our trip, you can feel free to send us an email at theordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. Inbox. Did I do that right? Ordinarydaypodcast at gmail. Yes. Yeah. Don't throw in extra pronouns there. (laughs) Just Ordinary Day Podcast. Uh, We also have our website, ordinaryday.ca. Yes, and we are bookending this podcast, as we always do, with music from Field Processors. So thanks to them. Check out their podcast as well, absolutely free. I think that's everything. Yep, sounds about right. So the trip is done. Happy days and all that stuff. And with that, very appropriately, we are taking one more. For the road. For the road.